Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and those who don't identify as either, you are listening to Ratchet and Respectable with Demetria L. Lucas. Y'all, I apologize in advance for the quality of the audio on today's podcast. I'm recording on my iPhone because I didn't bring my microphone on Safari with me. There was a weight limit on how much baggage I could bring to fly an hour north of Accra to a town called Tamale. I took a a little flight. I think it was maybe 25 seats, but they have very strict weight limits for the bags and even my carry-on. So I didn't want to tempt it by bringing my big bulky microphone. And then I didn't pack until the morning I was supposed to leave because I had so many errands to do before I left and fucked around and forgot my headphones for my iPhone, which would give better audio. So I apologize in advance. I also wasn't expecting, like, I knew I was staying in a fancy tent. I didn't realize how noisy it would be all day, except when it was raining, and at which point I could hear the rain on the tent and the thunder. It's nonstop the sounds of music out here. It's birds, it's monkeys, it's antelope, it's wind. At night, hyenas, they actually do sound like they're laughing. They were loud as fuck last night. I barely got any sleep. I signed up to come on a safari and I've been on safari before, but the safaris that I went to outside of Kenya and in South Africa, the sleeping grounds were set very far apart from the actual area where the animals roamed or live, I should say, right? In this space, I'm inside a national park. And they tell you, like, the sign when you get here says, please yield to animals as this is their home. So I'm a guest in the animal's home. But my thinking was that because the place where I'm staying is essentially on a cliff and the animals and their watering hole is down below, I was like, oh, you know, like, maybe it'll echo up sometimes, but I shouldn't see animals roaming the property. That is not the case. The animals are everywhere. So like this morning, I got up at 6 a.m. to go on safari at 6.30. I did it today. I did it yesterday. The day before, I did the afternoon safari because I just got here. This morning, we strictly went to look for elephants. We saw all the antelope. We saw all the warthogs. We saw tons of monkeys, tons of birds, no elephants. We drove around for two hours looking for elephants, no elephants, and no buffalo. My guide mentioned today, we were passing another safari truck, 
And the guy said something about buffalo. And I was like, wait, are there buffalo? And he was like, yeah, totally forgot there were buffalo here. Those are very hard to come by. But there are 600 elephants in this park. The park is around 5,000 square meters. I have no idea what that translates to in miles. But an elephant sighting, at least one per safari is pretty standard. We couldn't find any elephants today. We were trying to track them. We could see where they had been, but no sightings. So I tell you all this. Because I came back, changed clothes, went to breakfast. After breakfast, I'm like, you know what? I haven't worked out since I've been here. I usually walk for at least two miles every day around my neighborhood in Accra, at least when it's not raining. So I was like, well, the resort isn't but so big. They've already warned me that I can't leave the property because, you know, in the middle of a safari and real life animals, wild animals at that. So... All right, well, I'll just walk up and down the pathway where the tents are. Like, at least if I do that a couple of times, I should get in like at least like a mile of cardio. So I'm walking from my tent and I see droppings from an animal. And I was like, oh, maybe this is from one of the hyenas because there were many last night. So I keep walking, keep walking, keep walking. And I see some move like in the distance. I was like, what the? It's a warthog. On the property. I was like, we're on a cliff. How did you get here? But it was there. And so, like, I saw the warthog and the warthog saw me. And then I actually got closer to the warthog, but still, like, a distance from the warthog. And then I was like, what are you doing? You've lost your mind. Turn, turn the fuck around. So then I turned around and went in the other direction, kept walking to the other side of the resort. And then there's, like, an antelope. And I was like, are you kidding me right now? I get up at 6 a.m. to go looking for you all. And then you come and appear. I come back to my room. I'm sitting in bed playing on my phone. I see something out the corner of my eye. There are monkeys on my porch. Why did I get up at 6 a.m. again? If y'all were just going to come visit me right where I stay? Really? I was disappointed this morning that we didn't see any elephants because I really get great joy out of the elephants. I really, really like elephants. So I go out to the main lobby for lunch and I'm just sitting there just like looking off into the distance. I see some movement in the corner of my eye. Do you know there were two elephants at the watering hole? There haven't been elephants at the watering hole the whole time I've been here. And my guides warned me there probably wouldn't be because they were like, you know, it's rainy season. There's puddles and bodies of water everywhere. So the animals don't have to go search for like the large body of water that hasn't dried out because of the sun. Wherever they are, they can easily find water. So they don't have to come to one of the big watering holes, which our resort overlooks. But lo and behold, it was two gigantic elephants just like hanging out. Like two friends having a cocktail, middle of the day, stop by, have a cocktail, a little conversation. They were there for maybe like three minutes that I finally noticed them. And then they like went back into the forest. And so all day today, I've been like getting up every 10 minutes, wherever I am, whether the main lobby or in my room, to go look at the watering holes to see if any more elephants have appeared. They're so beautiful. Last night, or actually let me back up. Yesterday, when I went on safari, there was a couple from... I think she's from Canada, but she lives in London with her husband. I have no idea where he's from. He wasn't as friendly as she was. I mean, nice enough. He wasn't rude. She was just like, you know, a little more chatty. English wasn't his first language. But they were talking to the drivers about the hyenas. And I was like, I haven't heard the hyenas. And they were like, really? Because they're loud. So I had hyenas in my mind. So it had been raining yesterday when it was time for dinner. Every day at breakfast, they asked me what I want for lunch. And then they ask me what time I want to eat. And so at lunch, they ask me what I want for dinner and what time I'm going to eat dinner. So yesterday it was raining and the guide assigned to me 
this is funny. I say assigned to me. Actually, as of today, I'm the only person staying at the hotel until I think tomorrow, which is Friday. So maybe he's assigned to everyone. But because I'm the only person here, he's assigned to me. So he comes and knocks on my door maybe like five minutes before I'm supposed to be at dinner. And he was like, oh, I came with the umbrella to escort you. And because it's dark, I noticed he also has a gun. So I was like, um, is everything good? He was like, yeah, it's for the hyenas. Okay, no problem. You have a gun. I'm fine. So he escorts me to the main dining room. I'm sitting there drinking a glass of wine. Movement out of the corner of my eye. I was like, I know good and goddamn well a monkey ain't in here. I look over. I thought it was a goddamn hyena. I was like, oh, my God. Like, I can't form any words. I'm just, like, making, like, noises or whatever. And he looks up and he was like, Madam Demi. And I was like, it's an animal. It's an animal. So he rushes over. No gun. And he sees the animal and he was like... He was trying to keep a professional. He works in service. I'm the American who's paid to be at this resort. Ghana has some real interesting class behaviors that I'm so uncomfortable with. But he was like, Madam Demi, this is a cat. (laughs) And he tried to keep a straight face, bless his heart. But he laughed at me right in my face. And I was like, that's a cat. And he was like, yes, it's a wild cat. He's like the resort cat. He's fine. I don't know what the cat's name was. Puma? I don't know. It was a little cute name for the cat. And it was like a baby cat. It was a small baby cat. But I looked over. I thought the little thing was a hyena. I really did. I'm going to post a picture of it on my Instagram. I'm going to do a little collage so you can get visuals. But he was like, Madam Demi, that is a cat. (laughs) It ain't look like no damn cat. Y'all done put images of hyenas in my head. And I saw something that looked like a hyena. I was like, oh, my God, this thing can eat bones. This thing is about to jump on this table and kill me. Oh, my God. I'm prey to a predator. But it was just a little cat, a sweet cat, too. And I had fish last night. So the cat, like, smelled the fish. The cat sat literally under the table next to me. And, like, over the course of dinner would, like, inch over just a little bit, inch over just a little bit. And I kept, like, moving my chair so it would scrape the floor. And the cat would jump back a little bit. But then after, like, the third time, it was like, oh, she just moving the chair. She ain't doing shit. And the cat would just keep approaching. The cat ended up, like, sitting next to the chair next to me. Didn't try to jump on the table. Didn't try to jump on me. It was a very respectful cat. But it was there. It's a cute cat. Once I realized it wasn't, you know, a hyena. That's been my life for the last couple of days. I feel like I'm living in National Geographic. It's actually fucking wonderful. I mentioned on last week's episode that I had gone on a date with the guy who I said I wasn't going on a date with. He called me. I think I told you this briefly on the last episode, but he called me on Saturday and was like, am I coming to the city tonight? And I was like, I don't know. Are you coming to the city tonight? And he was like, well, I'm trying to see you. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, did you make plans? And he was like, no. And I was like, oh, so did you want me to, like, pick a restaurant? I was kind of, like, annoyed because I was like, now I got to think of where to go. And then I got to call and make reservations. And I was getting my nails done at the time. And I was like, now I got to rush from here and go do this. And I was like, okay, well, what time do you want to go? And he was like, well, between 9 and 10. And I was like, oh, no, I'm not eating that late. I was like, why don't we try again for another day? So he was like, okay, tomorrow. And I was like, okay, do you want to make plans or are you expecting me to? And he was like, I don't really know a crowd like that. He lives a little bit outside of the city. And he was like, how about you tell me where you want to go and I'll take you. And I was like, oh, when you put it like that, 
Well, now you're speaking a language that I like. Okay. So I got reservations at my favorite restaurant, which is literally around the corner from my house. And we went there for brunch. And it was really good. Like, I don't really know what I was expecting. I mean, he's my friend's cousin. And, like, I met him before. Like, we hung out for a couple hours the previous Sunday. Like, you know, just drinking and bullshitting and whatever. But, like, he showed up on, like, his A game. Open doors. Good conversation. <laughs> At brunch, he didn't know if I was drinking or not. I given a lady my order. And I forgot to give her my drink order. So he thought I wasn't drinking. So he wasn't going to drink. And then I was like, oh, also, I'll have the XYZ. He was like, thank God. I thought we was about to have a dry brunch. He's actually really nice. He has good conversation. The only thing that threw me off, he was telling me this story. And I was like, when was this? And he was like, oh, God. He was like, it was probably like 90, 96. And then he started counting in his head. And he was like, yeah, 96. I was 31. And I was like, Urk. I graduated from high school in 96. I was 16. Like I was like, I, wait, how old is he? Because I'm 43. I thought he was late 40s, early 50s. And then I like crunched the numbers in my head. And I was like, wait, is he like 15 years older than me? Doesn't look it. Doesn't act it. That's the only real thing that gave me pause. But we had a great time at brunch. And then afterward, he was like, I still want to take you to the resort. It's up in Aburi. Have you been? And I was like, I haven't. I was like, Davida talks about it all the time. She said it reminds her of the Hollywood Hills. And he was like, it does. He was like, you want to go? And so I was like, sure, why not? I was having a good time. I didn't have any other plans. So we drove out to a brewery, which is like maybe 30 minutes outside of Accra. It took like an hour because of traffic. But no lie. Like once we got up in them hills, you know how like when you go in the Hollywood Hills, like sometimes you'll see these houses and you'll be like, is that a hotel or a house? Like, my God. It's like 10,000 square foot houses, nutso shit with gorgeous views. The hills of a brewery are littered with those and amazing views of a crop. So like the same way that you can like look out, say from where um, Adele sing for Oprah, the Griffith Observatory. So those views where you're looking out over L.A., you can see sunset and all the sparkling lights. It's the same view from a brewery. That shit is sick. Sick. So we're driving up there and he says something about palm wine. And he was like, you've had it before, right? And I was like, I can't say that I've had. And he was like, you had wine from a jug? And I was like, no. And he was like, you didn't have no palm wine. And I was like, do they have it in restaurants? And he was like, nah, this is some homemade shit. So we drove to get palm wine. They gave me a tester cup to drink in the car. And I was like, oh, I was actually really good. And he was like, you need, you need one for the house. So he got me a gallon of palm wine. And I was like, okay. But we did make it to the resort. The resort was really lovely. I'd seen pictures of it before. I thought it was in a different area. I didn't realize it was up in the mountains. It wasn't on the side where it had like views or we could see sunset or anything. It's like a real tuck away type spot. Tons of people, at least when we got there. Ghana, as a general observation, I can't just say Accra now because we're outside of Accra. They brunch like D.C. brunch. Now there's a culture of brunching in D.C. They brunch here. Brunch is an activity like you go to church because that is the, that is the main activity for Sunday. And then afterward, like around 3 p.m., I was like, brunch begins at three. Brunch goes from three till 10. OK, but we'd already had something to eat. So we just went and hung out at the bar and Manchester United was playing. I played soccer when I was a kid so I can still follow the game pretty well, even if I don't know the players. The one player I know is Ronaldo only because his girlfriend had a Netflix special. <laughs> That's how I know who he is. Um, also, I want to say he's like the highest played. So- also, I want to say he's like the highest paid soccer player. 
And Manchester United is kind of like, I don't know who to compare them to. I guess like the Lakers of soccer, except their team is worth like a clean $5 billion. B is in boy. I was like, what the fuck? How much money is soccer generating? He was like, uh, more than the NBA. It's worldwide. I was like, oh, shit. And then we left there and he was like, you want to go to the casino? So we went to the casino. He taught me how to play roulette. He spent a whole bunch of money. Like he was up. And I was like, do you want to go now? Why you made your money back? I mean, for the whole day. I was like, do you want to go while the, while your luck is up? And he was like, nah, we chilling. Then we lost it all. I say we because he let me play. And I didn't know what I was doing. And I was like, oh, I don't feel comfortable. I don't want to waste your money. And he was like, no, have a good time. So I was like, okay. He dropped me off at the end of the night. I want to say it was like 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock. I think before I called it an eight-hour date. It might have been 9. But he dropped me off, got home, and then texted me and was like, I'm home safe. And he was like, can I see you again? And I was like, yes, actually. That would be nice. This is different. I usually date guys who are right around my age. And even a little younger, I mean, like young as in like two to three years. I don't know what that's about, but I've always, um, I've always dated a guy who's like a year or two younger than me. Him is like five or six years older than me though, but I've never dated anybody with an age gap like this. I dated a guy in my twenties who was, I want to say I was 24, 25. He was 33, 34. He was nine years older than me. I dated him for a while. Good relationship. Great guy. I, I never have anything negative to say about him. We didn't want the same things. Like he wanted a wife and I wanted to go dance on tables in Miami. He wanted me to move in and go to law school. And I was like, ah, ugh. it sounded good, but I ain't want to live like that. But enough about me. But I should also say this. Y'all wrote in in droves after last week's episode. Remember I said the Ajua and Accra was the most response I'd ever received from from any episode in like all, I want to say 265 of them. I think this one is 266. Ajua and Accra, that's the one I cried the whole episode, received just an amazing response. I was like, my God, it's a lot of people commenting. Last week's episode blew that one out of the water. The idea of me not talking about my personal life or Ghana, people were just like, hey, hey, like I, I respect that you that you saw constructive criticism, that you received it as such and that you were willing to make adaptions. But understand, she is the minority. We want the personal stories. We want to hear about Ghana. We want to hear about your escapades and shenanigans. One complaint is not speaking for everyone. Keep shit as it is. Stop trying to change shit. We didn't ask for that. One person asked for that. I got like 300 messages since that episode went up on Tuesday. So clearly, given the stories I just shared, we're not changing the format. I received that ma'am does want more pop culture. I'll try to be a little more balanced. But I'm going to stick with my instincts that if it's a good story to share or something amazing happened or I just have something on my heart, that it might be an episode just about that. We might not get pop culture every episode. I'll try to keep it interesting. I will, I will promise you that. And if you don't find my life interesting, well, that's fine. Fast forward through the parts about my life or skip the episode or fortunately, like I'd love to have you. But, you know, if I am not your cup of tea, by all means, please go find what is. I do not want to torture people with what they find to be boring details about how I live. We'll leave it at that. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully 
done things around the home that I think look good. And then a bang in the night and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home and I can tell you, I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. And good black news this week. I saw the Obama official portraits have gone up at the White House, which, forgive me, I thought the official portraits had come out like years ago. Like there's one of like Michelle Obama where she's gray. And then the one of Obama where he's sitting in the chair. I thought those were the official portraits. But there's like a more official official portrait. But Father Barack and Mother Michelle went to the White House together earlier this week. It's the first time they've been back at the same time since they left. If my recollection serves properly, they've been out of the White House for a good five years. I'm trying to figure out what took these portraits so long. They're very nice. I don't have any complaints about them. I, I didn't care for Barack's first portrait, like the Kahende Wiley one. That one was fine for me. It was busy in the background, but I thought it was a good portrait of, of Father Barack. Michelle's portrait. I love Michelle. I did not love her portrait. I love the dress, the grayscale. And I know why I, I, I read up about the artist so I could have a better understanding of her work. And it was the idea that in old pictures of black people didn't have the right shades. So people came out gray. I think that's what I read. And so her making the people, the black people in her portraits gray is a nod to old photographs. I still didn't like the portrait. I respect the artistic direction of it. I respect the artist. I, I like her work in other capacities, but I just wanted something more formal and official for the first black first lady. I'm just really protective about Michelle Obama. My respectability politics flares around her. I always just want her to be in the most proper light. And that's a me thing. That's my issue. That's not a Michelle Obama issue. Like, I fully recognize that I'm projecting some of my unresolved respectability shit onto her. That said, this new batch of portraits is much, much better. I saw the video of a Father Barack and Michelle talking about their portraits at the unveiling. Father Barack. <laughs> I love how folks act free when they don't need money. <laughs> He got on the microphone. He was thanking the artist that painted Michelle's portrait. He said, you know, it captures everything that I love about my wife. He talked about her intelligence. He, did he say grace? Something else that was very flattering. And he was like, and she's so fine. 
I was like, sir, you better compliment your wife. You better publicly praise your wife. You better flirt with your wife. Keep things fresh. Keep y'all feeling young in the house. He's so frisky when it comes to her. I just absolutely love it. That man's hormones are just, he really just cannot control them when Michelle is near. I, I love it. They've been married forever. And he's still like first love crush over his wife. It, it brings me joy. It gives me hope. So Michelle got on the mic and she said, and this is just a clip that I saw. Michelle got on the mic to, you know, pay her respects and thank yous as well. And she made a comment about, you know, her husband and his, did she call him spicy? Racy? You know what your boy said? I.e. the former president of the United States, forever POTUS. She was like, you know, uh, my husband's spicy remarks. Barack said, I ain't running again. Sir, <laughs> sir, <laughs> sir. Get some control of yourself. <laughs> I like them so much. I wish he could run for office again. He brought me great joy. Or I wish I could just see more of them. They've been a little quiet lately. I'm sure they're sick of us. But they gave us eight years of their lives and they don't want to be bothered with our asses no more. Which I totally get. But I was like, just a little more. <sighs> what else is going on? This isn't good black news. It's, it's, it's black news. Charlie Borderline. You know how I feel about Queen Sugar. Queen Sugar just came back. I haven't been able to watch it yet. I have to watch everything on bootleg. I don't get on over here. Or maybe I do, but I haven't figured out how to just yet. But I was very much looking forward to the next season of Queen Sugar. I've talked about Queen Sugar extensively. I used to recap every episode. I feel like the Borderlands are my, you know, TV family. They frustrate the hell out of me. Nova. I said a long time ago I could do without her. I don't want anything bad to happen to her, but but she gets on my last goddamn nerve. Ralph Angel also on my last goddamn nerve. He and Darla, because that's how he says it, Darla, just had a baby, which I was really excited about. I like Darla a lot. That's that's a character arc for your ass. Growth. I'm making the Kelly from Insecure hand motion. Growth. Darla has grown over the seasons of this show. Oh, did you see the Ebony cover? With Ralph Angel and Darla, Kofi Sidibay, Cyril Bay. It might not even be Bay. I think everybody just started calling him Cyril Bay, B-A-E, because he's so fine. Now I can't remember what his real last name is. And then Darla, Bianca Lawson. Bonus sister to Beyonce, because Mama Tina is married to Richard Lawson, which is Bianca Lawson's daddy. Uh, I love Bianca Lawson. She's so cute. But she and Kofi did the cover of Ebony. And I was like, if y'all are with other people, y'all need to let that shit go and give each other a try. Their chemistry is insane. Their chemistry on the cover of Ebony, I was like, oh, they fucking. And if they not, they should be. A beautiful cover. Beautiful cover shoot. Bianca looks amazing. Kofi looks amazing. They're really, um, oh my God. Queen Elizabeth just died. I'm recording on my phone, so I'm looking at it. Queen Elizabeth is 96. She just died. What? What? Yo, I'm blown right now. Queen Elizabeth II, the longest ruling British monarch, has died at age 96. She was fine. Weren't Harry and Meghan just in... What? I mean, she's 96. I really shouldn't be that surprised. But still... Fuck, does that mean Charles is about to take over? Holy shit. That's some breaking news for your ass, ain't it? Give me a second. You know I got bad Wi-Fi. I'm loading it on the Guardian right now. 
Queen Elizabeth II, the longest reigning monarch in British history, has died at the age of 96. Prince Charles, 73, heir to the throne since the age of three, is now king. Holy shit. The Duchess of Cornwall is now queen consort. Camilla is queen? Wow. In a statement, Buckingham Palace said the queen died peacefully at Balmar this afternoon. Flags on landmark buildings in Britain were being lowered as a, as a period of official mourning was announced. The rest of it is the backstory of Queen Elizabeth. She's been on the throne since the age of 25. All the other details, if you watch The Crown, you should know them by now. And if you haven't watched The Crown, turn this podcast off immediately and go watch it. Oh, my God. Are Harry and Meghan still in the UK? I know they were there last week. Might have been earlier this week. But did they make it back to the States already? I guess they're going to have to turn around and go back. I mean, because he is going back for his grandmother's funeral, right? The Guardian finally notes, um, as many nations today mourn a queen, one family is mourning a... Oh, God. Why am I getting emotional about this? I mean, I know I love to cry, but power of, of storytelling. As many nations today mourn a queen, one family is mourning a mother of four, a grandmother of eight, and a great-grandmother of 12. Wow. I just wasn't prepared for that today. I think in the coming days, I may have other takes on this about some of the decisions she made, particularly regarding colonialism, the effects of which run deep and are very obvious in Ghana. But as of today, that she has just passed, my empathy and sympathy go out to her family, friends, and country. Leave it at that. We can keep going. Is that okay? What were we talking about before that happened? Oh, Charlie is out at Queen Sugar. Apparently, everybody in their mom realized that Charlie was out except me. I'm going to blame it on my transition to another continent. When the new art for season seven of Queen Sugar, the final season, the one that just started airing, when the artwork came out, many people noticed that Dawn Lynn Gardner, the actress that plays Charlie, wasn't a part of the artwork. I totally missed this. But then Queen Sugar came on the other day. And again, I haven't been able to watch it. And I saw people reposting a post that Dawn Lynn had made on her social media page. And she said, quote, I will always cherish portraying the woman I poured my heart into for six years, known to the world as Charlie Bordelon, as well as the opportunity to work aside so many incredible artists. She said to my cast family, you are in my heart forever. To the writers, directors, crew, post and pre-production folks, and so many more behind the scenes. I remain grateful and honored to have built what we built together for the six seasons prior to now. Signing off for now and sending love in all the ways. I'm so fucking confused. Charlie's the star of the show. I mean, Ralph Angel and Nova and Aunt Vi did have very strong storylines. They did have prominent roles on the show. Some might even say they were they were all stars of the show at some point. But the show kicks off with Charlie, no? The inciting incident for the whole show, I mean, actually, it's Ernest dying. But Charlie lives in L.A. and lives this fabulous life and then moves back to her father's hometown after he dies. And it shifts the dynamic of everything now that the three siblings are all living in the same state 
and they haven't been all together since childhood. Charlie had a big storyline last season, too. She was going to run for Senate. She had forgiven her adulterating husband. And that's another one. The character arc. Growth. Because I hated that man. And by the time she agreed to remarry him, I was like, yes, I approve. This is good. I like this. This is nice. People do change. You know me. You know me. There is grace for those that seek it. Davis West did his work. I believe that he, that he wants to be with Charlie Bordelon West again. He wants to put his family back together. Like, I, I, I feel him. Charlie is leaving Louisiana. She's going back to, to L.A. But they're still going to tie the storyline in because there's more to be done with the farmers and, and her, her sugar mill. Like, that's not all done, right? She was going to rebuild the sugar mill. Like, I know she's running for Senate. She's still got a business to run, right? And now she's just gone? So Variety notes that Garner posted this on her social media page. Many of her co-stars and Ava DuVernay, who created the show based on a book, based on a book, but she's the series creator and executive producer. So Ava comes on the page. She leaves five crown emojis. The, the young actor, I guess he's probably not young. He's probably 30 at this point. Nicholas Ash, who plays Micah on the show. He wrote in all caps, I love you forever. Other people from the show wrote things like, you helped make our Queen Sugar journey such a sweet ride. What happened? What happened, what happened behind the scenes that this woman has been on the show for six seasons and all of a sudden bows out in the seventh one and all her co-workers are very understanding and supportive? What happened? You didn't want to run this lady a check because that's usually what the issue is. Was someone harassing her or mistreating her on set? Does she have another big project that is as yet to be announced? What what happened? Because you don't just be on the show for six whole seasons and then just don't show up for the last one. That doesn't make any sense. And then have the support of all your colleagues. I'm not saying they should be publicly beefing with her, but something's up. Again, I haven't seen the first episode. I'm just reading this in Variety. They said that the first episode of the new season, they say Charlie is referenced throughout the episode. She sent a gift to her brother's baby because she can't attend the baptism. And they said she appears a few times in the episode via FaceTime. Why she don't want to be on set no more? Is this like a Martin Gina thing? By which I mean Martin Lawrence and Tisha Campbell, where, where Tisha Campbell accused him of sexually harassing her and she refused to film with him. So the final season of Martin, he's living in Detroit and she's living in L.A., they're never physically in the same scene. Is, is it something like that? There's tea there. Whether it's a money tea or something behind the scenes on set tea, there's something there. Because this doesn't make any sense. I, I trust the Hollywood Reporter is on it. Come on, Nikessa. Holy Hollywood Reporter, activate. They've been spilling the tea on everybody else's behind the scenes. Find out what happened on Queen Sugar, Nikessa. We're rooting for you. What else is going on? I'm sorry, that Queen Elizabeth news just really threw me off. Everything else I want to talk about seems rather petty in comparison. I want to talk about your boy Kanye. I can't claim him. I told you I stopped fucking with Kanye, and and I I meant that. Your boy, he's at war with Adidas and Gap and Kim and himself. He always beefing with somebody. I'm like, bruh, like, give it a fucking rest. But his biggest beef right now... I mean, that's probably with Kim, too, but I don't feel like talking about that. Did you see Kim? Now I have to talk about Kim. Did you see Kim on the cover of Interview with this blonde hair 
and half her ass hanging out on the cover. The ass thing, I, we didn't seen her ass so many times, it's not even special anymore. The blonde hair and this like teeny weeny body, she lost that weight. She said she lost 15 pounds in three weeks when she was trying to get in Marilyn Monroe's dress for the Met Gala. And I say trying because she couldn't even zip the dress up. Girl, get you a replica made and call it a life. That made no sense. Folks gave her a pass for that because she's Kim Kardashian. Anybody else does that, you'd be like, ooh, that's some ghetto shit. It's still ghetto. But she looks terrible. And it could be like the divorce. If my husband was, you know, publicly berating me and having meltdowns to an international following every few months or so, I would feel a way too. She just broke up with Pete. Maybe there's some things going on there. I don't know. I mean, divorce will fuck you up. But I'm just like, ma'am, I I feel like maybe I need to apologize because I was on her ass about all the black fishing and the tanning and the lips and, and the surgeries for the booty and all that other stuff. I was really on her ass about the black fishing. And I was like, you know what? I'm, you might just go back. Just, just, just go back to that. She looks like a female version of Pete without the tattoos. You're going through transitions. You don't want to be black no more. Imitating black people has served you to get you the level of popularity and into the rooms that you wanted to get into. So you no longer need to do that anymore. You're Molly Cyrus and Justin Timberlaking it. It's been done before. We've seen it many times. And Kim is an attractive woman. She has used her money well. She upgraded herself significantly. But I'm like, ma'am, the type of white girl look she's going for, it's very trailer trash white girl. I was like, why? There are very beautiful white women. Beauty is not just reserved for people with strong melanin. White women definitely and absolutely can be attractive. This version of white woman that Kim is doing, I was like, mm, you need dark hair, bae, or, or a different shade of blonde. Like, it's giving very cheap blonde. If she's trying to do Marilyn Monroe, Marilyn Monroe did this, like, cheap, expensive thing very well. Kim, Kim is not giving that. That cover of Interview looks very like Trailer Park White. You amassed all this money, damn near a billion dollars, to look like you came out of Trailer Park, girl? No. That's what I'm trying to say. No. But I don't want to talk about Kim. I want to talk about Kanye and Yeezy, specifically Yeezys. Gap, he's, he's less intense about. Um, if you have not been following this ridiculous-ass story, I had to go look it up to get all the details. I really didn't pay any attention until I saw Puffy tweeting to Kanye. He was like, give me something that I can post. If we need to boycott Adidas, then that's what we're going to do. Like, I-, I ride with you. And I was like, wait, what? Who boycotting Adidas? I ain't boycotting Adidas. So here's, here's the issue. So on August 2nd, Adidas claimed it was Yeezy Day. They had a yearly Yeezy sale. And Kanye feels slighted. This is what Kanye posted on Instagram. He says, Adidas made up the Yeezy Day idea without my approval and then went and brought back older styles without my approval, picked colors and named them without my approval, went and hired people that worked for me without my approval, stole my colorways without my approval, stole my styles and material approaches without my approval, went and hired a GM of Yeezy without my approval, took talent on the production side and sprinkled them throughout Adidas Originals without my approval. I just want you to know how hard it was for me to read that because this man used no punctuation when he typed this. Okay. As it would turn out, Kanye's contract with Adidas, Yay, that's his legal name, I think now. Yay's deal with Adidas is actually licensing 
the Yeezy name to Adidas. And Adidas owns all the patents to Kanye's sneaker designs, except for the Yeezy slide. More on that later. But what that means is Adidas can make any colorway they want without having to warn Ye first. Ye also gets a 15% royalty on all Yeezy sneakers sold. So he's making money. As he's blasting Adidas for Ye Day and, and, and all these new colorways and all this other stuff, he's still getting 15% of every shoe sold. But we talked about this before with Khalees and Beyonce. Some shit is about principle. It's not about a check. Okay. Kanye has been blasting Adidas because he says Adidas fucked him over. He says Adidas tried to buy him out of his contract for $1 billion. He was like, that's bullshit because I'm already owed $500 million in royalties. And he says his royalties for the next year alone are $500 million. So offering him a billion to own the brand outright doesn't even make sense because essentially that's what he makes in two or three years. I saw someone post on Facebook a comparison between Kanye's slide, the one that looks like an alien shoe that has like all the cuts in it, and this new shoe that Adidas just released. It's very, very similar to the Yeezy shoe. It has like one of those built-in socks in it. It has a slightly different shape, but... When you see that Yeezy slide, the cuts in it are what make it so unique. And the the new Adidas shoe that they're not calling a Yeezy, this new Adidas shoe has the same cuts in it. Clearly, they ripped off Kanye's shit. I don't question really anything Kanye says about what's going on with Adidas. That they didn't call him about using their colorways, I believe him. That they took his general manager from Yeezy, I believe him. That they made up this Yeezy day and nobody told him, I believe him. I think everything he says is true. Did Adidas have the right to do it? Is it legal to do? And I'm being consistent with what I previously said about other artists who have been like, hey, you're jacking my shit and what you're doing isn't right. Is it legal? Sure. Contractually, yes. Is it ethical? Is it moral? Is it the correct thing to do? No. Adidas is wrong. I'm going to be consistent with what I said about Dave Chappelle and what I said about Khalees. You're right. I'm not boycotting Adidas. I'm not going to bat for Kanye. My shoes that I work out in, I I mentioned at the top of the episode, I do like two miles every day when it's not raining in Accra. Adidas, I love them shoes. Had this been Kanye back in the day, George Bush doesn't care about black people, Kanye? When he was still obnoxious and outspoken and an asshole, but I still felt like he was riding for black people, I, I would have supported Kanye. If he, Kanye said we have to boycott Adidas because Adidas is shitting on him, fine, fuck it. I'm not going to buy Adidas. Okay, that's fine. But this version of Kanye? Slavery is a choice, Kanye? MAGA hat, Donald Trump loving Kanye? That Kanye? I miss the old Kanye. This? Go call your MAGA friends. Have them a boycott Adidas. Because as far as I'm concerned, you signing this contract with Adidas was a choice. You should have chose better. But you want me to ride for you? No, you don't. You can't possibly. Kanye is getting ends and dividends. Even with his beef with Adidas, he's getting 15% off every shoe. The man said he's going to make $500 million next year. These are beefs that are above my pay grade. You beefing with somebody like this and they paying you $500 million USD dollars in dineros per year? Nigga, 
It's the GP of it all. Sure. I get it. GP can justify almost anything when it comes to black people. I get it. I understand why he's mad. I, I wish him the best. I, I hope he, you know, Adidas does right by him. I won't be participating in any boycott. I might actually go buy a pair of Adidas today just on GP. They got these cute black and white Stella McCartney's. They're kind of like a, a black and white cheetah print on the base. They're so cute. I could send them to my mama house. Ask them to bring them with her when she comes to visit. I'm just saying. Can y'all hear this torrential downpour that's happening over my tent? I was supposed to go get wine at 530 and watch the sunset, but it's like pouring outside. And the weather says it's supposed to pour all day tomorrow. I hope that's not the case. I could sit in my room and look at the watering hole and just write all day, which is actually what I planned to do. But there's also like this really beautiful mosque that I wanted to go visit. I was supposed to go visit it earlier today. I had a guy come pick me up on a motorcycle and he was going to take me 20 minutes away to go see it. After lunch, I came to my room just to like freshen up and change clothes. I was in here for all of five minutes. And when I went back out, it had already started raining and they said it wasn't safe to drive because of the mud. I really want to see the mosque. It's like the oldest mosque in Ghana. I think they said it was made in the 1400s. It's, um, it's got this design that was inspired by Sudan. I think it was Sudan. I'm more concerned about this mosque than I'll ever be about Kanye and his beef with Adidas. I give no fucks. That's the episode for today, y'all. We'll be back next week. Hopefully I can get this thing uploaded late tonight or early tomorrow. The Wi-Fi here is not the greatest. I'll take my laptop with me to dinner. I think the Wi-Fi in the main building is a little stronger. At the latest, this gets up on Sunday, but I hope it makes it up on Friday. I'm trying to be more timely. I got to get back on a proper schedule. So that's not everything, but it's something. We'll be back with more next week. Have an amazing weekend. All right, y'all. Bye.